Her own anointing. 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 Her own. Hello and welcome to the inaugural season of Her Own Anointing Podcast, where we educate, support, and highlight women who are doing awesome works in ministry, especially those women who serve or have a connection to Restoration Movement churches. I am your host, Dr. Lana, your favorite professor and public theologian, and maybe one day your favorite podcaster. And today I have the special privilege of having my special guest, Tiffany Malone. Tiffany Malone is a speaker, an author, an entrepreneur, and a coach. She has spent her career advising and developing leaders. And by day, she is a human resources consultant and executive coach. But we, what we love most about her and want to feature about her today is her love for God and the skill sets and spiritual gifts that she brings to both ministry and the marketplace. She is the CEO of Bright Eye Coaching and Consulting, and she is a certified coach and gains her greatest joy from seeing Christ's life manifested in the lives of others. She is also a proud wife and mother, and she has been married to Jerome since 2000, and they have two children, Janiah and Jerome Jr. So help me. Welcome, Sister Tiffany Malone. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. That applause was like everything. Like, I don't think I've ever had applause like that. (laughs) I hope it was. I hope it was. But kind of get rid of some of the nerves a little bit. We are going to do a very, very quick version of, it's the churchy version, so you don't have to worry about anything, but a quick version of, would you rather? Three quick questions, okay? Okay. All right. Would you rather hear one of Jesus's sermons or see one of Jesus's miracles? Ooh. Mm. See one of Jesus's miracles because so I've got the Sermon on the Mount and at least four different kind of retellings of his life and sermons, but there's something about a visual. I have to create in my mind when I read the scripture, but if I saw it would mean, yeah. that would mean I would see him. And then that would mean I would see the before and after, and I would see the faces of all the people that are standing around. And I would like get to be in that moment, which I think is priceless. So I'm going to go with see one of his miracles. I, I would have picked that one as well. Good, good. Awesome. Would you rather be a defense attorney for Eve or Delilah? Mm. I'm going to go with Eve. Um, I'm going to go with Eve for sure. I would, you know, they're just, by the time Delilah comes along, <laughs> there's just so much history with humanity. And I'm just, 
feeling like there was such a conspiracy mm. and, you know, the intent, you know, it's just a harder case to try for me than Eve, who was deceived by a talking snake. You know, you know what I'm saying? It's like just her and Adam, all these trees. She's the first woman. I think I can make a strong case for Eve. I, you know, I would have to agree with that. I would definitely have to agree with that. <laughs> All right. Here's the last one. If you knew you would have the same fate, would you rather be thrown in the lion's den or a fiery furnace? Ooh. Oh, my gosh. Let's see. Hmm. Hmm. I'm going to go with the fiery furnace. Oh, wow. Okay. Because, because of the circumstances surrounding being thrown in the furnace. Um, I love that story. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just, um, they're similar, right? But mm-hmm. so much integrity in both stories but I mean they just straight up you know there's like this this visual you can tell I'm a visual person but there's this you know this giant statue and when this thing goes off everybody's bowing and I picture like when they don't bow (laughs) they are the only people on the street that everybody's standing around like oh really you're not gonna bow and mm-hmm. then they go on into the furnace. So everything leading up to the furnace and then everything after the furnace. And then again, I get to see the fourth, which is like the son of man in the furnace. And anytime I would get a chance to see Jesus, it would be amazing. So I'm going to go with the fiery furnace. Awesome. 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 You know, I actually picked the lion's den, but for a completely like non-spiritual reason y'all of your your answers are like super super spiritual but I was like you know what I would pick the lion's den only because that would be my only time that I would ever be that close to a lion so well that yeah because I and I I was toying with it for similar reasons I want to know what it would be like I would love to see what like the lions acting against their nature look looks like I mean were they trying to roar or were they like snuggling up under him? You know, I'm thinking, I'm picturing all these things. So I, I feel you on that. I feel you. On that. Right. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you for participating in that. So now we're going to get into it. Our purpose for today, which is highlighting um, your story as it relates to ministry. So if you could tell us a little bit about your journey into ministry, um, how, what what just tell us what your journey was and as far as um how you ended up where you are today so i guess um i am a pre i'm a pk i'm a preacher's kid mm. um, i grew up in north carolina greensboro north carolina um north carolina auntie aggie pride that's I'm a rattler, I'm but that's okay. <laughs> that's where I'm from. Those are, that's my stomping grounds. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, for 
whatever the the broadest 30,000 foot sense of ministry means, I feel like I was born in church is the way I say it, because Mm -hmm. that's all I knew. That's all we grow. That's all I grew up knowing, uh, knowing rather. So, you know, the, for people that are from our, you know, faith fellowship and background, the, the joke I make uh, amongst us sometimes is all we had to listen to in the car growing up was straight company, KFC, Kentucky yes. Fried Gospel, Johnny Wilder. Yes. That's all there was. Yes. That was, that's, that was all there was. So those kind of things shaped mm-hmm. our world as I knew it. And so, when by the time I realized I could sing, singing was my first foray into ministry of any kind. I was in, I was probably the youngest person and we had a pretty large congregation. It's now Sharp Road. When I was growing up, my dad was the minister there and it was South English Street Church of Christ. And my dad is this huge people person. So when he came to the church when I was probably two, there were probably 30, 40 people there. By the time I left to be to get married, there were several hundred. So evangelism was a big part of like what he did. And our church was very um, vi- vibrant. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot of things going on all the time. A lot of ministers that were like just big pioneers have come through our congregation. I met them Mm -hmm. through there. So there was always a lot going on there. And so we had a choir, really good choir. They still have a a great legacy of, of a strong music ministry there, but I was in the choir when I was probably 11 or 12 leading, like I was in Bible bowls. We had a, just a very strong ministry. So even from like Way back then, church and ministry, in a sense, because my dad was a minister, the idea of it, right, was mm-hmm. shaped, was, had shaped um, my life, especially in the earlier years. So um, I like, I grew up, grew up in it around it. The expect, I was there when the doors were open. I was, the probably snotty, obnoxious kid who knew the answers in Sunday school. That was just, that's just the, that's, that's what it was for me. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, because I I was a preacher's kid and um, all my friends were at church. It was just, that was just what it, that's, that was my yeah. work. <laughs> Large exactly. part of my work. Everything else was ancillary. I mean, I went to school and did all the things, especially up through middle school and starting into high school. Now it got a little different when I went, when I got to high school, but all those, those early formative years. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm very familiar with church, at least church as I knew it in that sense. So that, that really shaped me in the earlier years. Absolutely. And so, um, so just in case you are under a rock and have not heard of Tiffany, um, or have never heard her sing, she can sing the roof off of a building. That should have been part of her biography, but you know, um, <laughs> that line wasn't, wasn't on there. But, um, you mentioned a, a lot about like, you know, church growing up in the church in your formative years and, you know, how influential your, your dad's ministry was, but when, uh, for your, your own life, Mm -hmm. um, when did you know 
that you were called to do ministry work and and how do you feel like you have fulfilled that calling um, that that you knew that you were called to do ministry work? Yeah. So that question is, um, it's not tough. It's just the that the answer isn't um, probably typical because so much of my formative years was in the way that I was raised and, you know, kind of how I grew up. Um, I think I was well grown. I'm talking maybe in the last, (laughs) within the last 10 years or less when I, like I was called Mm-hmm. When I when I came into that, and I know that's a strange thing to hear. I mean, I have grown kids, and I've been doing it all along the way. It has, in some way, you know, if you if you go back to being raised in in church, and then I, you know, saw a lot in ministry. At a certain point, um, I had some not I had some really bad pictures of ministry too. Being mm-hmm. on the side gives you the, the good and the bad. Mm-hmm. And I saw some uh, really bad sides of it. Um it still was the pod, I guess, or the 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 paradigm that I lived in. Um when I when when I got married, I married uh someone who was deep into ministry. It was always what I did, I know that I always loved God, um, but a lot of, um, I have always called it the ugly underbelly <laughs> of it, had to work itself kind of out through me. And it, it, it became sort of a, a point of contention and wrestling with God that maybe came to a head right around a few years ago. And when we res- God and I sort of resolved that. I think that's when I felt called, if you will. Does that mm-hmm. sound make mm-hmm. sense? Um, so some of it, um, I look on those earlier years, even well up into my twenties and into some of my thirties as really a fo- foundations being laid. And I see kind of how God is able to use a not even fully formed me, right? Mm-hmm. To, to mm-hmm. get out of me what he wants while he's still working stuff in and out of me at the same time. And I, I can, because I know he was doing that all those years, I can, I know he's still doing that with me. But in terms of being called, um, I would have to say that was just really a few years ago um, when I, when I, felt that way. Um, what does that look like for me? It, it was, and I write about this, I, I write about I, what I wrote about in the book that I wrote, which I'm sure we'll talk about is I lay out a path, but it's really the path I had, I had to take. It's kind of that place where you're one of the things that I, I lament and that grieves me. Um, that I f- feel very passionately called to in what it is that I do in ministry is the disconnect often between 
and I'm going to use this term very loosely, church, right? With the real stuff of life, the real tangible issues, stuff and things. And for me, there was always a sense of a disconnect. Um, Some of it has to do with some kind of unhealthy things I probably saw younger. And some of it was just, it, it never connected And then some of it might have had to do with the fact that a lot of ministry is lived sort of publicly, right? And so if you really buy into that or get lost in that, you do disconnect what you're, what you, what you feel, what you deal with, with the reality of it. And so I think over the last few years, in terms of the calling, has been more God and me marrying all the things in the foundation he had been laying with every part of my life, like every single piece of it and how all that knowing him reconciles all that stuff and Mm -hmm. how it's all married. And that is not intuitive. Mm. So many Christians don't, it doesn't get married. Does that make sense? It never mm-hmm. it doesn't come together in every area of our lives. Like God has something to say to all of it. And you have to lay all pieces of the stuff that is you down. You have mm-hmm. to give him all of that. That is not, it's mm-hmm. not intuitive, right? It's not mm-hmm. always intuitive. Your church life and the big things might be if this is what you say, but there are other things, ways you think, ways of seeing the world, right? The, just the, the little stuff, the stuff you count up to, this is how I am. It's all that stuff. And he's like trying to dig up and pick, pick at that stuff. And it's, Mm -hmm. that stuff becomes the stubborn strongholds that won't like you keep tripping up, you keep tripping over them in life and you don't know why you keep tripping over them. And finally, one day you realize, that, oh, because I've got this locked behind the wall that says you 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 don't get to come back here, God. And so being able to marry all that was not intuitive for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the path into the calling, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if that's clear, but that that's 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 that. And so even in what I do now, that's if I had to have a core message, it would in a word be and it, there's no one word, but you said surrender, I say humility. It's just like before God, it it, it all gets laid down before God. And there's only his and I don't mean that in no churchy way. I don't mean that in churchy cliche ways that people think stuff you say is churchy. There is no churchy cliche in my mind anymore because it's all married. <laughs> like <laughs> it is what it is. It is what it actually is to me. Um, and it's been one of the most beautiful things to f- discover um, that it is what it is. Um, the is of what it is, I guess, maybe. And now I'm rambling. So. <laughs> so, so you mentioned like, um, with church having like marrying church with kind of like some real, the real life things that we all kind of experience on our, our Christian journey, um, throughout our lives. And so 
talk about some of the real life things. It, it, when you think about, you know, what you have to go through as a, a woman in, in ministry, what are, you know, some of the obstacles you may have faced or maybe some of the triumphs you may have had or progress you feel that you've made? Like, what are some of the real life things that you, you know, if you had to like really just think about how you like marry like church with, you know, like just the real aspects of life, what are some of the real life things that you have had to go through or, um, you know, just experience as a woman um, who's who's doing ministry? Yeah. So for me, I mean, I'm a woman. I'm also a married woman. I'm a mother. Um, I have, you know, a ministry that's usually woven into um, usually or in the past. It has often been woven into another ministry. There's an aspect of my ministry that stands on its own, right? I've written a book or, you know, I'm, I speak, but there are also other aspects of my ministry and even that, right? My, my husband's a church planner. So really whatever I do really impacts him. The pieces of me that are woven into the pieces of other things are some of those, um, real life are where those real life things tend to come into play. Um, for me, even just the simple stuff, like, you know, you, you may have picked this up about me by now, just in this conversation. And I've known you before this, but I'm not really, a um, a quiet, docile person. (laughs) And so, yeah, so, it's not, I don't, I'm not the, I'm not the person that has struggled with, um, not, not saying what's on, I, I, I've not really struggled with not speaking to what, what, what's on my mind. Um, I have more struggled with learning to have a meek and quiet spirit at times. I have more struggled with not saying what's on my mind at a time where the spirit of wisdom would have advised me it's better to not speak than it is to speak. Um, and I've, and I've learned the balance of that, um, because I do believe, um, that among the gifts that God gives his people, right. The, 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 the spirit is, Given gifts as he's seen fit in the body. That's what he's done. That's what that on all the different gifts, even what you're doing with your ministry and different things, the things that I've been gifted with doesn't mean, and that's the whole message of like the, the whole first Corinthians the 11 through 14, right? It's like, you don't just throw your gifts around in people's face for the sake of knowing that you have gifts you are still a part of a body that must function together and your gifts are for the good of the whole body, right? It's not just the good of the hand or the good of this. And so finding, growing in rather than say finding, growing in the wisdom that the the spirit gives to know what that is and also trusting ultimately the head of the body that he hasn't left anything to chance. Mm-hmm. That his will is being accomplished in the earth, even in the midst of human dysfunction. 
Um, and even in the midst of my dysfunction, in the midst of other people's dysfunction, mm-hmm. it is still going to work out according to his goodwill and pleasure, even if this looks totally wrong and I can't figure it out right now. Mm-hmm. Um, those are those are the ways that I've had to marry. And I mean, really accept those truths that like, as as analytical as I am and as much as I read and as much as I want everything to reconcile, well, my my calculations are, my ways are not his way. <laughs> my thoughts are not his thoughts. And sometimes I can think my need to have it all reconciled, my need to have it all make sense is going to be the thing that makes it make sense. And it ain't <laughs> because <laughs> I'm not him. And so having to leave that stuff in his hands is not a cliche to me anymore. It is the reality of a child who trusts their father. And so I understand these things that do seem cliche now. And they have been the things that have grown me up because there are lots of things um, that I've seen as a woman in our fellowship, quite frankly, that... um, have disappointed me, right? Or as not, or are, or are as not as I would think they should be. I do see, I do see, um, anything specific? Well, I mean, I see extraordinarily gifted women. I meet them all the time. I know them. I call them. They mm-hmm. are. They are, they are, they are Holy Spirit gifted women. Mm -hmm. Gifts are not always um, fully used in the body. Mm -hmm. Um, And while on one hand that grieves me, on the other hand, it is a part of the process where I have to recognize um, God is not not aware of that. And his 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 purpose is not going to not be accomplished um, because of, of, of our dysfunction. That has never been the message throughout all of scripture or mm-hmm. wouldn't be as my husband preached the other day, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob that were all terribly dysfunctional in some ways mm-hmm. he gets his his will accomplished either way so even looking at things that are not as I think they should be um in some ways I have to step back another step and say what what do I really know about how things should be and what do I really know from God's perspective about what he's working out with everybody involved in the dysfunction it humbles me if that makes us if that makes mm-hmm. sense Mm-hmm. It makes me feel less like I have all the answers. Um, mm-hmm. On the other hand, on the other hand, um, I have been really encouraged in some ways um, in our fellowship by what I've seen some people begin to embrace um, mm-hmm. in ministry. And then that also humbles me. It lets me know God is at work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have had some um really neat opportunities to do some things and I've been um I've seen some people you know maybe they don't move as quickly as I 
think they should, but that's probably why I'm not in their chair because I would likely move too fast as history has shown me I'm prone to do. So, um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm encouraged and I also know, you know, the history of scripture is, you know, God like moves his people. He moves the whole Bible is God moving his people, right? The, 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 the whole Old Testament is like he's moving them. It's 400 years in slavery. And then it's even more time. Even when they get to the promised land, he's still moving them along. It's a continuum. It's a timeline and it's the, it's his sovereignty and wisdom to do things his way. So, you know, I somewhat, you know, sometimes discouraged, sometimes encouraged by what I see at the end of the day. It's the marrying of knowing that God is, again, real and very much in charge and that his will will prevail that makes it all okay and makes me feel very small in the grand scheme of things. For me in ministry, though, I've had great opportunities. There are times I would not, I would just be being dishonest the me that I am, the me that I show up as um, truly and and authentically, which there's, if you call me, that's what you get, is usually received well, um, but not always. And so... Um, okay. Good thing about that is you called me. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't bogart my way usually. So, um, but I do. I, I. I. I always try to move intentionally, respectfully. Um, I do believe in um, authority. We all function according to authority. Every every job I've ever done, I've shown up with all my gifts and talents, but I wasn't the CEO until I was, right? Until I until I had my own business. And at this point, I still answer to my clients and customers. And so authority is a is a is a is a is a thing of life. And so um I, I believe in that. I honor it and respect it. And I don't think that it has to be something um that diminishes um what God is given me to 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 bring is to build up the body okay so let's talk about a couple of things that you said so you talked about like what god has given you to bring to the body you talked about um you mentioned your book you mentioned um that you speak tell us like what ministry projects and assignments you are currently working on or you have worked on in the past like give us some specifics about some things that you're you're doing we know that you have a a book that's out what are some you know um ministry projects that you're currently involved in or that you have been involved in in the past so um i have just recently um written um my first book um i am really excited about it. I'm excited. I get excited every time I hold it in my hand because I think I was holding it in my heart for like a really, really long time. And um, it's always, it always feels really good to bring something into creation, so to speak. Um, I had this great um, editor. 
I don't know if you know her. She's she's a professor. She, you know, her name. I think her name Lockhart. I know her. I don't know if you know her or not, but she was great. I might have met her once. I met her once. Yeah, she's she's she does a good job. Um, but anyway, um, I've got. I I just wrote this book, and the book is. I call it um, a, a manifesto on healing, transformation, and purpose, right? And again, it's it's the culmination of everything I've talked about so far. It's what does Jesus have to do with my real stuff, like my real stuff and things? And and it's it's the the marrying of all that is ministry, church, Christendom, blah blah blah, to all the real corners of my life. Um, and your life and our lives and what I think, um, how I think God wants to touch all those areas. So um, I encourage everybody who's listening to get a copy of it. Um, you can get it at my website. It's www.thetiffanymalone.com, T-H-E-T-I-F-F-A-N-Y-M-A-L-O-N-E.com. Um, I um, have just really, um, I'm really proud of it. Um, Dr. Hayward, Orpheus Hayward wrote the foreword to it. And um, I just, um, that's something I'm really, really proud of. At the present moment, I'm actually working on a companion um, study guide. Um, I don't want to say study guide, a, a companion. Yeah, I'll say study guide to to accompany it because I've had some requests for um a format for it to make it more curriculum based. Mm. And, um that's what I'm currently working on as we speak. In addition to that, um I also um am working on a podcast of my own that I'll be dropping very soon. Um this coming up Sunday, actually, uh, so to speak. Well, I don't want to date it because I don't know when this will come out, but it'll be out by the time um, this drops. And um, that is called The Root Work, um, R-O-U-T-E Work. It's a pun, kind of play on words. It's it's The Root Work and The R-O-O-T Work. And so it's kind of the work we do, right, as we walk along the route. It, the process is, is, is the work. Sometimes we get really focused on the destination, but God is doing the work along the way. Um, and it's, it's the work he does. So it's, um, going to be probably, um, first season we're getting, you know, so many episodes under our belt. So we'll be dropping one every Sunday night or so, um, for the first season. And we'll revisit after that to see what the, what the workload looks like. But I'm really excited about that because, um, it just gives um, me an opportunity to share with, you know, interested listeners about what it looks like to to marry it all together, right? And one of the um, things that people who who read my book or follow me or 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 will you know listen to the podcast will know about me is that I'm like you, and I love. I love, love the word of God. I love it. I love it. I can swim in it. I could, I could read it. I'm amazed by it. All those three questions, you could ask me 40 questions and we could just sit around and, and do would you rathers like that all day long. Cause I'm just, I love the word. Um, and I love God. So 
um, that's, that's, that's my kind of carrying on, so to speak. And so it's um, a, a little bit of that, but what that has to do with life, right? What that has to do with the stuff of life, the stuff that trips us up. So that'll be dropping. And then who knows? Um, I, I get called to speak from time to time, different places, conferences, what have you. So, um, you know, people who follow me on Facebook or social media or what have you, you know, can can keep up with those things. Love to see you at any of those places. But this is just kind of what I do. I mean, I still, my husband is a, a minister and we we work in ministry very closely together, literally church ministry. Um um, as a, a, a somewhat new church plant, um, really working with people, people, all kinds of people, mm-hmm. uh, people who've been in church all their lives, people who are quite unchurched, have been through the the brokenness that all that life has to offer and are just meeting Jesus and walking them through that stuff. Um, I, I've worked with youth all my life. A lot of the ones that I worked with are like grown now and they're like married with kids, which makes me feel a little, not old, like they're growing up, I guess you could say. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, speaking, writing, podcasting, um, putting the message out into the world. And I'll still do some singing from time to time, but less, more along the lines of music ministry um, and worship leading is kind of where I'm at right now with singing, but that's where I'm called to be um, in this season until the good Lord says otherwise. So you can keep up with all those things following me on social media. And they are also updated at my site again at www.thetiffanymalone.com. So if you want to drop me a line, you can do so on social media or you can leave me a message on my site. And awesome. uh, they have you follow. Awesome. So when it's all uh, said and done, when you reflect on, you know, the things you said today, the uh, ministry opportunities that you're currently having, the ones that you hope to have in the future, what you hope to, you know, use your life for, um, your podcast for, your book for. When you think of all of those things, what do you hope your uh, legacy will be? Yeah. Um, I was thinking about this a couple of days ago and I was reading. Um, it's going to sound like a real churchy answer, but again, it's all there is no such thing for anymore for me. It's all married. But I I was reading Hebrews in the the Hall of Hall of Fame, the Faith Hall of Fame, right? And I was just going down through there and reading and thinking about all those characters. And when the Bible talks about, I think it's Enoch, and it says that he had this testimony that he pleased God. Mm. that 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 that's good for me mm-hmm. um i will not to overuse the term but surrender the how to god right he knows mm-hmm. he gave me he knows all the things he put in me he knows about this big mouth he gave me <laughs> and and he knows that he made me you know like to read and like to talk and like to he knows all those things and i think if i focus myself 
on trying to know and please him. He's going to create the path for me to do all these other things. So I don't like to as much think of my legacy as being um, that I was for this or that I was, you know, I I just want to be really, really surrendered to him and he will mark out what that looks like. And I'm literally looking at him do that in my life. And it is incredibly humbling Mm. and um, exciting. It makes me know, I don't know what you have in mind for me in the future, but the lower I get and the more I just let you do it, the more you do, you're able to do with me um, what you want, what you want done. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's that's not trying to be like super spiritual or not, that's just about as true as I can get it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And amen. Thank you so much for uh, being with me today um, on our podcast. This is the story of the woman of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. And thank you for listening to her own anointing podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you for your vision for this, for your surrender to what God is doing through this particular venue and channel. And I know that it's going to bless many, many people. So thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Her own anointing. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Her Own Anointing. Please be sure to like and comment on your favorite podcast platform. And don't forget to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be considered as a form of professional, legal, medical, or mental health advice. Hence, we do not, hence, we are not responsible for any losses, damages, or liabilities, or liabilities that may arise from the use of this podcast. Thank <laughs> you.